8 o'clock. Thanks for hanging out with us. Jim along with Kate today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. The most trusted name in automobiles. The Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network here in the Valley. From Fruita to Junction to Palisade. 1011 FM, 1340 AM, along Highway 50, North Fork, 102.1, and online all the time, streaming, get our mobile app at theteam1340.com. AFC-NFC Championship games are set. Your thoughts on those, your predictions on the Bengals at the Chiefs and the 49ers at the Eagles. Also, Joe Burrow, is he the best quarterback in the league? Where do you rank Joe Burrow, who's now taken the Bengals to a second straight AFC Championship game, beat the Chiefs last year, looking to do the same thing coming up on Sunday at Arrowhead. Get some thoughts about that. Broncos coaching search. Cody Rourke, My Life Sports Radio, said he thought we might hear something today. We do have an update. Okay, do we? So, Sean Payton is scheduled for a second interview on Wednesday. Okay. That's according to the latest report I saw. I believe Zach Stevens, DNVR, is tweeting that out. So, second round interview is kind of like what you said last hour. It's kind of where where we're at next, next phase in this coaching search. Assuming Dan Quinn will probably get a second interview. And then after that, who will they do three? Or will it be just down to two? That'll be interesting to see how that plays out. We shall see. All right, this hour brought to you by Preston Lee at Country Financial. He believes in building relationships, supporting the community, and serving others. Have a chat and let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee Country Financial. Coming up, we will go around the NFL, look back at uh, the divisional weekend. But uh, time right now to talk a little Montrose, Red Hawks, girls basketball with Coach Steve Skiff. Talking Montrose girls basketball with Coach Steve Skiff on the team. And Steve Skiff brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. For a free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Steve Skiff with us. Good morning, Steve. How are you? Good morning. How are you doing, Jim? Doing well, Steve. Uh, Your team playing really well right now. Let's go back to uh, your last game. You uh, faced Eagle Valley, pick up a 57-36 victory. And uh, the young talent stepping to the forefront, your uh, freshman Macy Oberg, 19 points. Maggie Leg just happens to be a freshman as well, 11 points. Those two youngsters uh, had a heck of a game against Eagle Valley. They they really did, and it's uh, you know I was kidding with them the other day. I'm like you know we're 13 games into this. I don't know if you're a freshman anymore, or seasoned veterans, but uh, they keep getting better each and every game, and I think that's. That's really what's been propelling us. You know, Macy is doing a great job hitting the boards and, and scoring around the basket. And uh, Maggie is our is our point guard, so she's got the ball in her hand a bunch and making really good decisions. And the last few games has really started to find her scoring. And so for both of them, wh- where do you feel like you've seen? We'll start with Macy first, Steve. Where have you seen the biggest progress in her game as a freshman from starting things out, you know, going to the camps this summer, open gym to where she's at right now? I think for Macy, it's just confidence. You know, she she gets out there and she knows that she can play at the varsity level. And, you know, she doesn't back down to, to older upperclassmen. And, you know, she accepts challenges. You know, we, we tell her, hey, you're going to need to crash boards or you're going to need to guard this player. And, 
and she just accepts whatever we ask her to do. But I think confidence for her, uh, probably the same thing for Maggie as well, just a, a lot of confidence. The more times they, they are able to see, you know, good teams, good defenses, um, they're just playing with a lot of confidence right now. And I think in the case of Maggie, I mean, you're asking a freshman to be your point guard, and that's a lot of responsibility in terms of of decision-making in the offense. And you said that right now she's really started to pick up her scoring. But, I mean, the first thing you want from your point guard is to be a really good decision-maker. And, like I said, that's that's a unique situation to ask a freshman to be you know, to have the, the, the keys to the offense the way you've given Maggie the, the keys to your offense. Absolutely. It was a big ask, and we knew that you know, to start the season, and we knew there were, you know, going to be hiccups along the way, as there are with any time that you're playing freshman. But, uh, you know, I think you, you, you see her level of, of basketball IQ, and I, I think that's what really makes her a valuable part as, as being our point guard, is she's able to find, you know, open people. And I think it's helped people like Briar Moss, you know, when she's open for shots, we're able to get her the ball, and she's able to knock it down. And, you know, get the ball inside to Heather Power and, and different things like that. She's able to make the right play because of her basketball IQ is pretty high. Red Ox girls basketball coach Steve Skiff with us. Briar Moss, your senior, your leading scorer on the season at over 12 points per game. What has she done, Steve? What, what What's the role been for her in terms of maybe helping to, to develop some of these younger players like a Maggie Leg of, of being that, that, that senior leader on your basketball team? Yeah, I just couldn't say enough about, you know, what Briar has brought to our team this year as far as leadership. and you know, I think for her, she's been through the stuff. I mean, she's a three-year varsity player, and, you know, she, she can relate some of those experiences. And she can, you know, she has a, a good basketball knowledge as far as what other teams are trying to do or what other teams may be trying to take away from us. And I've just been happy with the way Breyer has evolved her game this year. You know, she, she can definitely shoot the ball from the outside, but she's uh, – starting to drive more to the basket she she gets in there and she's one of our tougher rebounders not the biggest kid in the world so just really evolving her game throughout the the year on a leadership standpoint but on the floor as well montrose girls basketball coach steve skiff with us tuesday night big one southwestern league uh, matchup with fruit of monument defending league champions they've won six uh, league titles in the last seven years you have the other league title during that stretch and a little bit like your team, Steve, they're, they're a younger basketball team. Liv Campbell, who, of course, played a lot as a freshman last year on the varsity, uh, she's you know now in her sophomore year. She's, once again, you know playing really well, leading score at almost 14 points per basketball game. So it is a bit of a, a young basketball team for Jeff Johnson as well. It is, yeah. We, we kind of are in the same boat, but, but Liv is, is playing great. And, you know, such a great player, good kid, and, Really, you can tell she leads her teammates as well. And uh, I know they've played a tough schedule, and, and, and they've been pretty you know, seasoned, but they got a lot of weapons. And just watching them on film and being able to see them maybe once or twice, I mean, they, they definitely have some problems and, and stuff that you have to prepare for. And, and I think when you look at the, this Fruit of Monument basketball team, what they've done the last couple of games defensively, they, they held Palisade to 12 points, they held Battle Mound to 8 points, they've really ratcheted up their defensive intensity uh, the last couple of games. They do. They come to play hard for 32 minutes, and, and you have to be ready. And, um, you know, you got to take care of the ball. You can't make the lazy pass. You know, you got to execute things at a high level, and that's what a good defensive team, you know, will make you do. And so 
Yeah, you're right. They've they've really clamped down their defense. They they run a lot of defenses, and uh, you know it'll it'll be a fun test for us tomorrow night. And and for them, they have a senior point guard in Trinity Hafey, who's averaging just you know a little over four points per game, but she has four assists per game. It just seems like Trinity Hafey. She's that smart upperclassman that just gets players into the right place in their half court sets. She's you know, certainly she's what uh, you hope Maggie Leg will, will become in, in even more so uh, moving forward as a point guard. But Trinity Hafey does a really nice job of, of orchestrating what they do offensively. She does. You know, she's kind of their floor general, and she's all over the place. You know, offensively, defensively, you can tell she does a lot of the little stuff for them. And, and uh, you know, really good senior that, that will set the tone for those younger kids. And so... Yeah, she's been a great player. She has been a great player for them for a long time. And I think a player that certainly you're going to have to do a good job keeping off the glass coming up on Tuesday night is Addison Ayer. She's averaging over five rebounds per game, almost 12 points per game. Addison, just re- relentless on the glass for Fruit of Monument. She is. She uh, she definitely goes to the glass, and she can finish around the basket. You know, So when she does get an offensive rebound, she's going to put it back and, and score. And so you know, we're definitely going to have to get her blocked out on, on Tuesday night and try to keep her off the glass as much as possible. But she's she's relentless. She goes all the time and just has a motor that seems like it doesn't quit. Montrose girls basketball coach Steve Skiff with us. No doubt this is a red-letter game for your program, Steve, when it comes to scoring off against Fruit of Monument. League championships usually decided when, you're, when your team plays against Fruit of Monument. I mean, this is, uh, I mean, for the, for the kids that are unfamiliar with this, you're, you're freshmen. I mean, they've, they've grown up around this, so they've watched this since they were kids, so they, they probably do get a pretty good sense of what this game means to your basketball team. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, and with them playing AAU and club basketball, I mean, a lot of these kids have played against each other for a long time. And, you know, it is, it is a big rivalry game for us, and it's two quality programs that are, you know, going to do battle again. And, and we're excited to have them at home, you know, for the – the first game this year and it it's going to be a great atmosphere and and you know we're just going to go out and, and, and try to execute our best game plan against them and, and see where that takes us but our kids i think will be ready i don't think they'll be hopefully not too big for the moment but uh you know you try to get them to say it's just another game just another opponent but it's not when it's ruda you know they're the kind of the staple of the southwestern league have been for a long time so it, it it'll be fun for us well it's always a great matchup Montrose hosting Fruit of Monument and Boys and Girls Basketball tomorrow night on the Monkey, 95.7 here in the Valley, 93.5 in Montrose. Larry Newland, Pat Hooley will have the call. Pre-game at 5.45 for the girls. They'll tip it at 6. The boys at 7.30 tomorrow night. Should be a dandy, our Highway 50 game of the week over on the Monkey. Steve, I always appreciate the time. Thank you so much, and good luck tomorrow night against Fruit of Monument. Uh, thank you very much. Appreciate you guys. Take care. Steve Skiff, coach of the Montrose Red Ox Girls Basketball team joining us on the program today. And so uh, looking forward to that one tomorrow night. Of course, on the team tomorrow night, we'll have Colorado Mesa basketball at Westminster and women's pregame at 445. They'll tip it at five. The men, nationally ranked, going to Westminster tomorrow night and a 7 o'clock tip for that one right here on the Team CMU Sports Network presented by Ken Richards State Farm Insurance. So it's Monday, the good, the bad, the ugly. What makes your list? Uh, Michael Porter Jr.'s brother, arrested for vehicular homicide and reckless driving driver dying in an accident in south denver early early sunday morning and michael porter jr was not involved in it 
he did not play last night against Oklahoma City because of what has uh, transpired with his brother. So uh, just some, your thoughts about the AFC-NFC championship games, predictions on that. Who's the best quarterback? Let's do this. Best quarterback left in the playoffs. Ooh. Is it Patrick Mahomes? Is it Joe Burrow? Is it Jalen Hurts or is it Brock Purdy? Jalen Hurts could win an MVP this year. He very much could win an MVP. Patrick Mahomes could also win an MVP. Yes, this yes year. he could. There's a Joe, strong Joe case Burrow for Joe could. Burrow. Joe Burrow could. Hey, Brock, Brock Purdy, not, probably not. No, no, he's, he's not going to win one. But. Brock Purdy's had a heck of a run here. You know what, though? As as the Niners quarterback. He's 7-0. and Yeah. 2-0 and in playoffs so far. That's not nothing. That is not an insignificant amount of, uh, of games won by a guy who, let's remember, last pick of the NFL draft. Mr. Relevant. Third string quarterback by all accounts with... Uh, Garoppolo and um, what's his name? Trey Lance. Thank you. It's okay. It's Monday. Good God of living. You know, third string quarterback, last pick of the draft, Mr. Irrelevant, no expectations whatsoever, and all he does is get his team to the NFC Championship game. And I actually, I thought about this Friday, and I didn't really, I didn't pose it because I didn't really quite know how to phrase it, but I guess the question is, is Brock Purdy the next Kurt Warner? <laughs> if all when all is said and done, if Brock Purdy somehow, some way manages to take the 49ers to the Super Bowl and win, is that your next sort of <laughs> Kurt Warner Cinderella story? Where does that fall into the lexicon of NFL Cinderella stories for you? Well, on the seven-game winning streak, highest rating in the NFL, 111, 16 touchdown passes, four picks, best touchdown-to-interception ratio, 8.9 yards per attempt. I mean, that's that's, I mean that, was, that was going into yesterday's game. That's not nothing. That's pretty, pretty. Purdy, purdy, good. Purdy, okay, good. I'm, 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 it's not. It's never going to end. And so it, it is impressive what he's been able to do. That you know, just you know, a guy that it was average arm strength, wasn't wowing people coming out of Iowa State. Brees Hall was the guy everybody talked about with Iowa State, the the dynamic running back that's now with the Jets. That Purdy was 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 a good quarterback, not a great college quarterback. And Purdy became the first, you know, will become you know the the first rookie to start in a conference final since 1970, when just the fifth court rookie quarterback among them, Ben Roethlisberger was the last one to to get the start as a rookie in a conference final. Sean King was the first to do it in 1999. And now Brock Purdy's going to get that opportunity to start in the conference final. And if you're Brock Purdy, you want to, if we're talking career-wise, success on the field-wise, maybe want to lean more towards the Roethlisberger end and not the Sean King side. 
Yeah, and so it's he could become the first quarterback ever, rookie quarterback ever to win the Super Bowl. It's there. It's it's there. It's a possibility for him. All right. It's time to take a little trip around the National Football League this morning, looking back at uh, the divisional weekend. And we have clips. And we have audio to go along with this. Fantastic. I just have to get get a couple things taken care of here. Click this, do that. Get some of the scores up. There we go. Okay. We start out, of course, with Saturday's action. Kansas City hosting Jacksonville. And the Chiefs, even with a one-legged Patrick Mahomes, they still got it done, though the Jags made it difficult. Kansas City gets the 27-20 victory. Trevor Lawrence threw for 217 in that game, threw for a touchdown. Isaiah Pacheco had a an outstanding game with, with 96 yards. Travis Kelsey, a couple touchdown catches, 98 yards for Travis Kelsey in that one. As we mentioned, though, the high ankle sprain for quarterback Patrick Mahomes, who is expected to play Sunday against Cincinnati. What a shock. So it's the Jags and the Chiefs. You know, after that uh, game on Saturday, Jalen Watson coming up with a spectacular one-handed interception for Kansas City. And here is that Jalen Watson pick with Mike Tirico and NBC. Second and six, pressure on. Lawrence puts it up, and it's intercepted. What a play by Jalen Watson. Tried to get it to Zay Jones. Justin Reed was bringing the pressure, and Watson reels it in. That clip courtesy of NBC Sports. Patrick Mahomes, by the way, finished 195 and two touchdowns on the day. On one leg. On just one leg. He can beat you in one leg. Chad Henney, though, 5 of 7, 23 yards, led a 98-yard drive for a touchdown. Might see Chad Henney on, on Sunday, but you get a feeling Patrick Mahomes, there's no way. The leg's going to have to be broken for Patrick Mahomes probably not to play Sunday. There is some word floating around from Rich Eisen that Tony Romo believes Patrick Mahomes might not play as much or might really not play Sunday. We'll yeah, see. We'll see what happens. All right, moving on to the uh, next game Saturday. You had the Giants and the Eagles. Wasn't really particularly close. Here is uh, the second touchdown to uh, Devonta Smith from Jalen Hurts. Bubble screen. Devontae Smith got a block. Got a touchdown. Eagles making it look easy. And so, yes, so the, the clip there on the, the score, Jalen Hurts, like like he was saying, making it look easy. Jalen Hurts in that football game on Saturday night. Uh, sensational performance. Hurts, 154, threw for two touchdowns. Also Hurts with a, a touchdown and 34 yards on the ground to lead the Eagles to a stomping of the Giants, 38-7. to What shoulder injury? Yeah, what shoulder injury? Daniel Jones, 135, threw a pick. And the big game he had on the ground against Minnesota, well, that did not happen against that Eagles defense, just 24 yards for Daniel Jones. Saquon Barkley had 61 yards as the Eagles move on to host the NFC Championship game. All right, moving on to Sunday. In a game that I think most of us thought would be Let's not kid ourselves. Better. Closer, maybe. And perhaps some of us may have even picked the other team to win. The Bengals and the Bills. Here's the uh, the uh, Hayden Hurst touchdown from Joe Burrow 
Joe Cool making it look easy. Third and seven. To the end zone. Open! Wide open! Hurst hauls it in for another Cincinnati touchdown. Jim Nance, CBS crew. The Buffalo Bills getting the win 27-10. Or, sorry, the Bengals getting the win over the Bills 27-10. And uh, they will be in their second straight AFC championship game against the Kansas City Chiefs Sunday. We'll, make you, we'll be making their fifth straight AFC championship game appearance. Yeah, Kansas City's making their fifth straight. Bengals making their second straight. A rematch of last year. Bengals getting the win last year over Kansas City. So the nightcap, San Francisco taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Brock Purdy, numbers were good, not spectacular. 214, 19 to 29, did not throw a touchdown or pick. Uh, Elijah Mitchell led the way on the ground with 51 yards. And uh, Chris McCaffrey, though, had a touchdown in the rushing attack for uh, the Niners offense. George Kittle had five catches for 95 yards. San Francisco beats Dallas 19-12 to for Dak Prescott. Not a great game. 206 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. And the, the Niner defense holding the rushing attack of the Cowboys to just you know, to under 100 yards, 76 yards on the day. Well, C.D. Lamb had a pretty impressive game. 10 catches, 117 yards for the Cowboys. But San Francisco moves on to their third NFC Championship game in the last four years, scoring off against Philadelphia. And so it will start on Sunday with your first game, Philadelphia playing host to San Francisco. Pre game for that one at 10.30 on the Team Sports Network, followed by Kansas City hosting the Cincinnati Bengals coming up on Sunday for the AFC Championship. And for the Dallas Cowboys, once again, their season ending on the final play in uh, spectacular fashion. Final play, it looks like barring a penalty. Prescott over the middle of the turpin. Gets smoked right away, and that'll do it. The 49ers back to the championship. Kevin Burkhart. <laughs> Jinx, buy me a coach. Ah. Kevin Burkhart, Fox Sports with the call on that one. Of course, you'll hear both games coming up this Sunday right here on the Team Sports Network. And uh, yeah, Joe Burrow with the line, asked about the NFL's plans for a neutral site AFC championship game. The tickets were pre-purchased. Joe Burrow, I love the, I love the comment from Burrow. Better send them refunds. Oh, boy. All right, before we play the number game, who do we have on the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line? Bronco Sarge joining us on the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. Bronco Sarge, good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Doing fine. What's on your mind today, sir? Um, well, I was calling because uh, I had a little a little epiphany the other day. Yesterday I was uh, helping one of my good friends out at her house, and um, uh, she had some, some kids over for a sleepover, and what did I see? I saw a couple kids wearing Patrick Mahomes jerseys, and uh, it really, really got up in my crawl, and I just started thinking about uh, the fact that I don't think I've, I knew a Chiefs fan before five years ago. And um, I wanted to get on here and tell all the parents to be better. Don't let your kids wear those Chiefs jerseys. Be better. Be better parents. But see, here, here's the thing um, now, Bronco Sarge. It's this. We had a guy that we worked with, Brandon Droz. That Brandon was a Miami mm-hmm. Heat fan. He was an Avalanche fan. But he was only a Miami Heat fan because he liked Dwayne Wade. And it's not, it's mm-hmm. not about the teams anymore. It's about, oh, I see Patrick Mahomes on TV. He looks cool. He does State Farm commercials. 
And they, they, I don't even know if they, do they even know anybody else on the Chiefs? Do they even like any other team? Or do they even like a team, period? It's There is a difference now, sadly, where you have younger folks that they, they like a player. They may not know squat yeah. about the team, but I like Mahomes. I see him on TV. And so, yeah, I, I understand. You, you really yeah. care about your kids, okay? Okay, care about your children. I mean, not the Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. He's a good guy. I like Patrick Mahomes. But, oh, you you shouldn't let your kid wear a Patrick Mahomes jersey. Right. Or, exactly. or, 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 well, well teach, him, teach him some loyalty. Exactly. You know, and, I, and I always uh, told my son, I don't care who you like, as long as you ride with him or die with him. Uh, and he's a, he's a die-in-old Broncos fan now, even though they've been terrible half of That's his good. life. That's good. Um, the Titans you know, doing he's that. Still absolutely loathes the Raiders and loathes the Chiefs, and uh, you know that's what I call good parenting right there. Teach some loyalty to to your kids. Don't let them ride the hot hand. Because exactly. I think it started with Odell Beckham. I started seeing those on young kids back when he was with the Giants, and now it's shifted over to Mahomes. And I just want to tell people: be better, be better parents. You know, and I'm not going to tell somebody: no. don't your your kid can't be a fan of another team. I'd prefer they, yeah. you know, like you, I'd prefer they be a Broncos fan personally, but but be a fan of the team. Don't just like the guy. Yeah. Be a fan of exactly. the team. And there's that's unfortunately Broncos Sarge. It's kind of how it is now a little bit where kids like players and they don't like teams as much. So well, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what to well, do. Well, you know, I'll I'll leave you with this. Um, yesterday when I saw that kid and uh, um, the. The mom was introducing me to him. You know, I was just kind of like, ah, I'm kind of, you know, that Bronco fan in me was uh, was too strong. And then my wife said, you know, he's like nine. And I said, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> but then uh, she said, what's that old rule? If you can't say anything nice. And I finished it up with, say it to a Chiefs fan. So There you go. Have a good day, guys. I have to make one quick confession here, though. When my son played junior football, he played for the Bookcliff Chiefs, and he yeah. had a Kansas City Chiefs hat because he played for the Bookcliff Chiefs. But he was not a Chiefs yeah, fan. Yeah, that's the that's the only the only way it's uh, it's possible because, as you know, my boy plays for the Chargers, and it is tough. And I have to have a um, a witch doctor come into my house with sage every. <laughs> year after football and Good wipe job. the house clean because we have chargers gear in the house so. i'm glad i'm glad you're able um, to do that yeah yeah that's that <laughs> I'm, 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 right, well, i've been i've been there man i've been there hey thanks bronco sarge appreciate okay. it yep good yep. to hear from you take care all right bronco sarge don't let your children grow up to be chiefs fans mamas don't let your kids become chiefs fans though, though i have said my wife kenda she thinks mahomes is awesome she loves watching him play Listen, and she wants the Broncos to win, but she likes that guy. It's, and that's the thing, right? It's the old Seinfeld joke. We're basically rooting for laundry at this point. I do enjoy when it is not against the Broncos. I do enjoy watching Patrick Mahomes play as a quarterback. He's electrifying. He's athletic. He has a missile of an arm. It's fun to watch, and you got to like Andy Reid. Look, there's people that hate Joe Burrow. And I and, and of I, get and I, why, but I, I, I don't. I, I, I like guys that back it up. If you're going to talk and you back it up, okay, I'm I'm fine with you doing that. And his comment about, you know, better get out those refunds. I, I, are there people around here? 
that I've talked to that hate Joe Burrow. They hate how he dresses. They hate the cockiness. He's already taken his team to a Super Bowl. He might very well after Sunday be taking them to another Super Bowl. I'm just saying if you back it up, I'm okay if you back it up. Yeah. If you just talk, you just run your mouth, kind of like Mayfield. You just run your mouth a lot, and you never get there. You never do anything. If they have a problem with that, then shut up. You know, I prefer guys that kind of go about in a workmanlike fashion, do their thing, win or successful. You know, Mahomes is kind of like that. He's He does commercials and stuff, but he's not a guy that talks smack or anything like that. And I like that about him. And you know, Brock Purdy seems like a pretty quiet, likable guy. Right. Jalen Hurts has been a fascinating story in regard to how his career's gone. And now Purdy and him are going to square off like they did at Oklahoma and Iowa State back in the day. Yep. Which I believe Brock Purdy won that game the last time they played each other. Let me double check. I believe or he... They, he had a very good game against Oklahoma. I just saw it flash up on the get-ups earlier this morning, the last time they played each other. So it's a rematch of going back to their big 12 days. And I, I don't know, with Burrow, he's he looks kind of like Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> like if Kevin grew up and ended up being an NFL quarterback. But I, I just, I like it. If you're going to talk, back it up. And he backs it up. So in 2019, Iowa State versus Oklahoma, Brock Purdy and Jalen Hurts, the Sooners got the win. They got the win, okay. 42-41. And the two quarterbacks accounted for 11 touchdowns. Thank you. Okay, so yeah, it was Oklahoma getting the win, but but they both had remarkable games that day. Sensational, yeah. Yeah. All right, 8.30, Jim along with Cake, and it's time to play the number game. Let's play the number game on the Jim Davis Show. This is actually a nice transition because the number game today has to do with Brock Purdy and Jalen Hurts in this year's NFC Championship matchup. Both these quarterbacks also played four years of college football. In college, how many fewer touchdown passes did Jalen Hurts throw in his career than Brock Purdy? How many fewer touchdown passes did Jalen Hurts in his college career throw than Brock Purdy? That's a good question. First correct answer on the text line, 970-242-1340. Gets a case of Coors Original. Must be over the age of 21, and you must not have won in the last two weeks. If you meet those qualifications, send your answers in right now to the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team text line, 970-242-1340. All right, so coming up, love our Browns cremation and funeral service, good call, bad call. Also, prep stars and mighty Mavs coming up in just a few minutes. So, which quarterback of the ones left is the best in the league? Is it clearly Patrick Mahomes, or do you go, oh, boy, Joe Burrow's pretty good. Jalen Hurts putting up numbers that might win him an MVP, possibly. And then there's Brock Purdy, the story of Mr. Irrelevant. So if you got some thoughts on that, predictions on the AFC and NFC Championship games, text or call us, Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, 970-242-1340. They're a lot of fun. The Jim Davis Show. They're idiots. Say what? On Colorado's sports leader, the team. 
Welcome back in, 834. Jim along with Cake, who's in for Buckeye the rest of the week. Your predictions on the AFC and NFC Championship games this Sunday. Who's the best quarterback of the bunch? Rank, rank the quarterbacks. It's not easy right now. It's not easy it's as really you think of just where they are right at the moment. I mean, if you're going to rank them right at, at as they are at this moment, does Patrick Mahomes' ankle injury take him down below Joe Burrow right now? Or Jalen Hurts? If you're just ranking them as they are at the moment, skill set that they have at their disposal, when you're talking about a, you know, a Patrick Mahomes who has a high right ankle sprain, and what that does to his game and what we saw on Saturday. Where he still threw for two touchdowns. He still threw right. for 195 yards. It wasn't as if Patrick Mahomes had a an atrocious game. It's the literal... It, it is the cliche of I could beat you with one hand tied behind my back or I could beat you standing on one leg. Well, he kind of did that. He did do that. He he did that. He's that guy. I if I so right now, if I had to if I had to tier it one through four with let's not get ourselves, it's really more like one A, one B, one C, and then like maybe two. I'ma go Joe Cool, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts. Patrick Mahomes and Brock Purdy. That would be my ranking. Now, for Mahomes, I mentioned he threw for under 200 yards. He's only done that now, I believe, seven total times, six times in the regular season. I believe this is the first time in the playoffs he's thrown for under 200 yards in a game. But he still threw for two touchdowns, and they still won the game. Man. Not too bad. Not bad at all. Not bad. All right. So it's time for Brown's cremation and funeral service. Good call, bad call. Was that a good call or did they totally blow it? It's good call or bad call. It's a good call to call Brown's cremation and funeral service to get your arrangements taken care of now so your loved ones don't have to shoulder that burden. It's a bad call to wait and not ha- not do anything, have anything pre-planned, and your loved ones have to deal with the grief of losing you but also have to deal with making those arrangements. Give them today. Brown, Call today. Brown's Cremation and Funeral Service. All right. Good call, bad call. Good call, bad we're, call. We're going to go outside the NFL on this one. All right. The uh, Athletic, they've been ranking. They have their top 99 players in NHL history. All right. They have Joe Sackick, mm-hmm. number 13. All time. All time. Good call, bad call, too high, too low for Super Joe. I would say maybe a skosh too low, but I can see. I'd have to look at the list, and I'd have to obviously know more about hockey. But I think maybe just a skosh too low. But if it were, if it were like, you know, thirtieth or fortieth, then I'd be like, oh come on, what are you doing? And I clarify 13. this list. This list is like of the greatest modern era hockey players. Modern era. Modern era. Uh, I'm gonna say 
I'm going to say bad call too low. But not like super duper. Yeah, like I, I'd put him I'd put him maybe like top 10. I'm a little biased, but won the con Smythe in 96 Splath MVP. He captained a pair of Stanley Cup winners, won a Hart Trophy, won a Lady Bing. Finished his career with 1641 points. And is I'm, it- I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say it's it's a little low, but I'm not it's I'm it's not an outrage. It's like oh I agree. Yeah, it's not like he's getting totally shafted. I'll say just a little bit low. I agree. All right. Do you have a good call back? I call? do. Uh bad call. Mike McCarthy was captured on photo shoving a cameraman after Dallas's loss to the 49ers. Bad call. Number one, ask Devontae Adams how shoving camera people usually goes for him for people. Not good. Uh, and number two, ask Mike McCarthy himself how altercations go. You will recall he got into a verbal argument with a referee at his stepson's high school basketball game when he wasn't coaching in the NFL. Bad call, Mike McCarthy. Don't shove camera people. Well, here's the thing, though. That, you know, the guy that had the camera, it's, his name is Noah Bullard. He's a photojournalist. He's won awards for his work with NBC5 in Dallas-Fort Worth. And the McCarthy, the McCarthy later apologized for, well, it wasn't actually as bad. The still shot makes it look far worse. And Bullard said, thank you to everyone that has reached out regarding the Mike McCarthy incident. I can see how the photo appeared like he pushed me, but it was more of a hand to the lens. I did meet with Coach McCarthy privately in his office, and he did apologize. Well, that's good. So, I mean, if you watch the video, it's just he puts a hand up to the lens. And Bullard, I believe, also made the comment he was trying to pull the camera back. At the same moment. Oh, uh, okay. And so it makes it look a lot worse than it actually is. Still, though. So it's still Mike McCarthy. What are you doing? Just walk off the field. You don't need let to the be guy, doing this. Let the guy yet. Yeah, it's not as outrageous as it looks in the still shot. The still shot looks like he's giving him the Heisman, <laughs> the st- shoving him backwards. The still shot looks great. And if, if Noah Bullard, who was the guy that this happened to, is the one that's saying, hey, I'm okay with it. He apologized. McCarthy apologized, then then I'm okay with it. It's it's not to the same degree as the Devontae Adams circumstance. No. And so, yeah, I'm I it just it just doesn't look good. If you're Mike McCarthy, it's a bad call to even to put your hand up like that. Yeah. It never looks good when, when people do that. Just walk off the field, Mike. The guy's not running behind you. No. He's standing right there. Just walk by him. Uh, yes, and move, moving on, I do have a good call. Okay. Good call for the crowd in Buffalo to give DeMar Hamlin a standing O. That was really cool. And good call Buffalo to put him in the luxury box. I'm sure that was probably more. Well, CBS is trying to show him, though, weren't they? They, they were, were trying, trying. Trying really hard. That's snow, though. And, I mean, I'm sure they probably put him up there for, for safety considerations. And here, to me, is a not just a good call. It's a great call. George Kittle catches the touchdown pass. Actually, it's not, it's not Kittle doesn't catch touchdown pass. Excuse me. Christian McCaffrey scores the touchdown, the, yes. the rushing touchdown, spikes it, and then George Kittle picks the ball up and gives it to just some guy named Jerry Rice <laughs> who happened to be on the sideline. Oh, that's awesome. 
That was that was fantastic. That's that's great. All right, that's good call, bad call. Brought to you by Browns Cremation and Funeral Service. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll have our, uh, we'll have our prep stars and mighty Mavs for you. Uh, you can text in today your predictions on the AFC NFC Championship games. Uh, also, as they are at the moment, like you know, going to a car lot and buying a car off the lot, the way they are at the moment. Got to factor in high ankle sprain right now for Patrick Mahomes. Right. Rank the quarterbacks left in the uh, conference championship games. Send that to us today. Text or call us 970-242-1340. The Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Cuckoo, loony, and crazy. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Eight forty-six, Jim and Kay today. The Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Hope you had a great weekend. This hour brought to you by Preston Lee at Country Financial. He believes in building relationships, supporting the community, and serving others. Have a chat and let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee Country Financial. And uh, we have a winner today for the number game. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. And congratulations to Randy getting himself a case of beer today from High Country Beverage and Coors. The question was, in the uh, collegiate careers of Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy, how many fewer touchdowns did Jalen Hurts throw in his career across Alabama and Oklahoma? The answer, Uno. Okay. One. He threw 80 touchdowns in his career. Brock Purdy threw 81. Of note, in terms of yards, Brock Purdy threw for 12,170. Jalen Hurts threw for 9,477 his last year at Alabama. We know he didn't get a lot of action, and then he went to Oklahoma and Heisman, all that fun stuff. So, All right. Very good. Uh, let's get some text. Guru Gary, happy print your tickets now day, guys. It's good. Congrats, Zach Taylor and staff for great game plan. Leslie Frazier's scheme for this game. Ugh. Tough to watch. Spagnola better dial up some real pressure and not get stuck in zone. Bengals O looking like a juggernaut right now. We're talking about ranking the quarterbacks. Mahomes until he is knocked off. Okay, but you gotta rank Paul, you gotta rank them the way they are at the moment. With Mahomes dealing with a high right ankle sprain. Even with that, is he still your best quarterback of this group? I think it takes him down a notch below Joe Burrow right now. The mobility of Patrick Mahomes, or the lack of it in this case, is a factor for this offense. And I think he'll probably play Sunday. At least he'll try to go. But it's hard to say what's going to happen for Mahomes. I mean, there's truth in he's the best until you knock him off. Well, that happened last year. Joe Burrow and the Bengals knocked off Kansas City last year to get to the Super Bowl. Uh, let's see. Also, do you really want to pay Sean Payton $25 million a year? Sure, it's not my money. I was going to say, it's that Walton money. They got the $25 million. Uh, Larry from Clifton. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to watch the games yesterday. I was dealing with a migraine. Oh, those, are, those are awful, Larry. I feel for you, man. Dealt with that for years. I'm jumping on the bandwagon of any team with the exception of the Chiefs. 
from Bry Guy sticking with the kids wearing jerseys, Tog. Here's a pic of Peyton's kid wearing a Hertz jersey at the Giants game Saturday. Not Dad's jersey, not Uncle Eli's jersey. It's painful. See, even even Peyton's going through this. Well, and also his kid had a Josh Allen jersey Yes, in the uh, Buffalo game. <laughs> so, first of all, I love how Peyton's taking his kids to these football games, just bouncing around day after day. Yeah, that's... That's the life of Peyton Manning. It's it's a pretty good life. All right, it's time for our prep stars today. It is, and my button wasn't <laughs> working there for a second. There we go. No one can stop us now. It's time to let the stars shine. It's prep stars on the Jim Davis Show. All right, we'll start out with my female prep star of the week. That's going to go to... Montrose's freshman, Macy Oberg. Macy Oberg with an outstanding game against uh, against excuse me Eagle Valley. Oberg scoring 19 points in the win. She is my female prep star of the week. And for my male prep star of the week, it is Central High School basketball player, also outstanding football player, Santana Martinez. He scored 15 points in the Warriors' 65-47 win at Montezuma Cortez on Saturday. For my prep stars this week, my prep girl going to D51 Phoenix girls wrestler Apollonia Middleton. First of all, that's just a great name. Or as Chad Deere calls her, Apple. Apple. Oh, that's even better. Her coach. Coach, uh, you know, she's she's got a really good wrestling career going for her. One of the six first place, finisher, first place finishers at the MLK tournament Saturday at Central High School. Ranked in the top five in the state. And then my uh, prep star boy this week, Central's Braylon Scott, 12 points against Montezuma Cortez, shooting 60% from the floor, three rebounds, three assists, and three steals in the win. He's my prep star this week. And now it's time for Mighty Mavs. The best of CMU sports. It's Mighty Mavs on the Jim Davis Show. I imagine you're probably taking Blaze 3. So I will do Trevor Baskin. Double-double, 17 points, 15 rebounds. The Mavericks knocking off 12th-ranked Fort Lewis on Friday night. 21 points for Blaze 3, not to be outdone. And we heard from uh, Coach Boucher a little earlier in the show that they tried to stop him. Fort Lewis did, and they just, they didn't. They tried. They didn't. And then my female Mighty Mav, Lily Borgenheimer, a quadruple winner in the uh, individual events at the Air Force Winter in Invitational. She won the 400 individual medley. Uh, she also won the 200 individual medley and uh, picked up a couple of other wins as well. So Lily Borgenheimer is also a national champion. My Mighty Mav of the Week. For Mighty Mav of the Week, for me, for the women, I'm going with redshirt sophomore track and field star Kira McGill, one of four women at the Western Colorado Open House to set NCAA championship provisional qualifying times, won the mile, by 25 seconds, doing it five minutes and uh, 10 that's, minutes. That's 10 a point big eight. win. That's by that's a that's big a, amount of time. And when adjusted, would potentially put her nationally third ranked in the D2 standings. That's that's pretty good. And that's my mighty Mavs this week. All right, then pile. If you want to share some, you can send those to us today. You can text or call us nine seven zero two four two thirteen forty. We'll. Uh, Look back at the Maverick basketball weekend, also the high school sports weekend as well for uh, for uh, basketball and wrestling. So we'll have that coming up next hour on the program. 
So text or call us, 970-242-1340. And you said that uh, Zach Stevens, DNVR, reporting that there's going to be a second interview with Sean Payton. On Wednesday is what I saw. Anything else you've seen updating this morning on this? I haven't had a chance to check Twitter. so um, Not that I've seen, but uh, I will be looking. Cause... And according to reports, according to Mile High Sports, that uh, or the Mile High Report, excuse me, that Jerry Rosberg sat down and talked with the Broncos for, for, for quite a long time about what he thought needed to change and some ideas that he had. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't turn into a formal interview necessarily, but Rosberg, according to this report, indicated some interest in being the Broncos' head coach on a permanent basis. Though his name has not come out as one of the candidates that they've interviewed, it's been Ajira Vero, Raheem Morris, Jim Caldwell, D'Amico Ryan's, David Shaw, Dan Quinn, and Sean Payton. I also read over the weekend, David Shaw's kind of his candidacy for this job has built a lot of steam. Hmm. That. Keep your eye on David Shaw, possibly, as being a dark horse candidate for uh, the Broncos' head coaching job. And and again, as we've talked about, the issue for the Broncos is they just need experience. They need someone who's got the skins on the wall. And David Shaw, while not being an NFL head coach, coached in the league as a position coach, coordinator, and, of course, coached, replaced Jim Harbaugh at Stanford as the head coach there. And he's been a head coach, again, just not at the NFL level. So, But at least the experience is there of, of being a head coach, and he's worked in the NFL. All right, so we've got some thoughts on the Broncos coaching search, AFC-NFC championship games, who you picking this weekend. Uh, text or call us 970-242-1340. So coming up next, our recap of all the high school action from the weekend, Colorado Mesa basketball as well, plus we'll have this day in sports history coming up next hour. Text or call us on the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. Easy to do. We'd love to hear from you today. 970-242-1340. That's 970-242-1340. Hour three is next.